0: What's on, everybody? It's your boy, John Mayer with my guy, Zach. We're back again with another episode of Game Time. This one's called Our Last Chance. The play-in begins. So the play-in matchups are final, and we're going to get right into it. So in the Eastern Conference, it looks like we have Atlanta Hawks hosting the Charlotte Hornets. I'm sorry, <laughs> so hosting the Charlotte Hornets for for a chance to compete for the number eight seed. Uh, the winner of that game will compete against the loser of the seven eight game, which is the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Which I actually saw that the other day, and that was interesting. Shout out to Metamorphosis at Wilkes University. It's a dope initiative that we're trying to start. Um, anyway. Back on to the play in. In the Western Conference, we have the San Antonio Spurs going on the road to play the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Minnesota Timberwolves will be hosting the Los Angeles Clippers. The winner of the Minnesota LA game will be the seventh seed, and the loser of that game will play the winner of the New Orleans and San Antonio game for the AFC. seed so uh getting right into it i think the i think we agree that the more interesting and compelling conference especially considering re- considering record uh is the east especially considering the fact that they're all 40 43 plus win teams all mm-hmm. competing for playoff spots so uh let's jump into that how do you feel about la versus well not la <laughs> uh Charlotte versus Atlanta in in Atlanta uh the two young star point guards with Melo versus Trey Young and their supporting casts
1: how do you feel about that I think that's going to be very interesting I really do just the simple fact that one thing that I was really looking out for to figure out who, my prediction for the series was who got the nine seed because I was just looking at the standings because record-wise, they're both forty-three and 9. 43 and thirty-nine. Excuse me, but one difference between both those teams is that Charlotte was kind of just slightly above average both home and away, and Atlanta was pretty good at home and bad on the road. So Atlanta getting the nine seed is very interesting, and that kind of is—I mean—it's kind of spoiling my kind of spoiling my prediction for who's going to win. But yeah, it definitely does shape how I think things will play out. Uh it's just funny because Charlotte is just slightly better than last year, but Atlanta's just been an absolute disappointment from uh, early season predictions, even though I was someone who didn't necessarily love them coming into the year. I know you weren't either. So it's not like they're like, I didn't expect them to be a play-in team, though. And that definitely wasn't an expectation I had. But overall, I think it's just, I think Atlanta might win just off the, the strength of being at home they do have the best player in the series or the game I guess it's not really a series and just these just, they just they've been in the playoffs they know what they need to do they, they know how to lock in and although i do want charlotte to win i like charlotte more i just think it's going to be a very entertaining game just like you said that the two young point guards uh john collins is hurt which definitely does hurt atlanta's chances but at least back on the charlotte side you know they have they have the, the, the fun running gun game Atlanta's Atlanta is just shooting the lights out all the time. So that's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. But, yeah, like I said, I'd probably have to go with Atlanta, getting the dub tonight on that game, much to my dismay, because, you know, I'm always rooting for Charlotte, but I just don't see it this time. How about you? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think both
0: teams are very fun to watch. Offensively, it could be a shootout. Uh, John Collins being out is – Really painful for the Hawks. It really doesn't help them at all. And like I agree, like I I, I like your point of bringing up. At one point, the Hornets were five hundred against the East, West, home and away. So they're <laughs> really a uh, up and uh, up and down team in terms of record and just wins and everything. So it's just mm-hmm. like. You don't know, like, it's it's so odd with them because you really do not know what team you're going to get on a given night. You really don't. And I mean, ultimately, they wind up finish finishing above 500, uh, which I guess is a testament to the improvement of the team overall, I guess. Um, because from a year ago, I felt like if they were in the same situation, they would have fallen off a bit. I I struggle with this because while... You you say, you know, the Hawks are probably the more experienced team in terms of overall playoff experience, especially considering that run they had a year ago, because like in our last episode, we talked a little bit about how the Grizzlies use that series to absolutely like, you know, to propel them into this season and um, take that energy, but also the Hornets are a team that lost in the plan a year ago, and they may use that as fuel and motivation to at least get a game in. Because last time, like last year,
1: yeah.
0: we I think I think a lot of people thought that the Hornets would at least win the game. Instead, they got throttled and knocked out by the Pacers. Uh, I it, it's it's so interesting. Um, both teams are really strong offensively. Uh, the hawks were they finished 6th in league in offense and the hornets were 4th so it'll definitely it you could it definitely has the potential to be an extremely high scoring game but you know with them being teams just above 500 and being teams that were both very high scoring and high potent offenses you can tell that both teams are defensively deficient with that being said, ultimately, you know, to make the long story short, I've got Atlanta. Uh, you know, as I said, I think that ultimately, in a, it'll be close. I think both teams will light up the scoreboard, but I think that Trey Young will do what he needs to do in crunch time, at the very least, to put the game away. So I feel you. I I I, I got, I've got the Hornets. Well, the Hawks. I'm sorry, getting to compete for that 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 uh, that eighth seed.
1: All right. And one then, thing that you did. Mention, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, one thing you mentioned that I did, like I do think is the one, the interesting caveat in which the Hornets can win, is that the Hawks. Trey Young is the offense, and Lamelo Ball is the engine in uh in Charlotte as well. But I do think Charlotte has more options that have more more reliable weapons, I would say, compared to what Atlanta has. Or at least more initiators. Right. Atlanta has one initiator and uh Bogdan Bogdanovich, he 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 can initiate sometimes. But other than that, it's just Trey Young, whereas the Hornets have they at least have Rozier guaranteed great greater he was a He's a good scorer as well. I wouldn't say great. He's a good scorer as well. I'm not – is Gordon Hayward going to be out for this game or is he going to play? I don't know. He played recently and he didn't play today, so I'm not sure what's up with him. I'm not honestly too sure with that matchup. But even then, uh, like Isaiah Thomas has been playing. He's a No, he's a shot creator. He can get his own shot. Uh, but if Gordon Hayward does play, it definitely helps. I think that will put the Hornets at a much – that, that's a good advantage shotboard hammer play. I still think the Hawks will win, but it's just if Trey Young happens to have a bad game, the, the Hawks are going home. Oh, yeah. That is, the, yeah, is, the, yeah. That is the, the thing with the play in is like it just takes one bad game for everything to fall apart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a fair point. That's very, that's a very fair point. I think I, I agree too. I think that they they're definitely more well balanced. And I think that kind of led to them being a higher ranked offense. They were they were they finished fourth in the NBA in offense this year, behind only the Milwaukee Bucks, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are all teams that are also going to be in the playoffs this year. Um, And they finished above the Phoenix Suns, which is it was fascinating. Mm -hmm. Uh, They led the they led the league in assists this year as a team, which. Is a testament to what you're saying about having offensive initiators and guys who can create and score. But I think I think that, uh, I, and also I think this too. Although both teams are really defensively deficient, I would say that I trust the Hawks more to get a stop. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. Uh, I trust them more. So, yeah. With that. With that being said, I think that they'll get that one. Transitioning, I guess we got to talk about the the 7-8 matchup. Let's get into that. I think the team for me, I, I, I guess I could start it off. I think that ultimately, if I knew that Jared Allen and Evan Mobley would both be definitely for sure healthy, it would be a lot closer for me. But I think that Brooklyn is gonna gonna go ultimate like and win that. Uh, I think they're gonna try really hard to not lose that game. Uh, I think I think KD is set for a, a thirty point game. I saw him get thirty. I think it was thirty three or thirty five the other night against the Cavaliers, and it was easy, by the way. But uh, I, I think that they don't have a, they don't have an answer. They don't have an answer for KD even with Evan Mobley being on the floor, they don't really have an answer for him and Kyrie. They don't. And I I think, yeah, I think ultimately they're just a better team. Uh, And the Cavaliers have just struggled with health. And also you got to think about this too. Uh, Some of these dudes don't have the experience. Like Kevin Love has playoff experience. Rondo obviously has playoff experience. Jared Allen has very little playoff experience. And that's about it. So, and Karis Levert also has very little playoff experience. And I and I don't think that any of these players have actually experienced a play-in. So I would, I would like it, it, like in this situation, because the Nets can't guard a parked car. But I, I just, I just project, I just project that the Nets will take care of business, especially being in
1: Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. I have to agree. I don't expect, I'd be severely shocked if the Nets were to lose this game. Because like you said, the Nets can't guard a parked car, but the Cavs aren't very far from that. <laughs> like it's just one dude, and they try to they try to clean it up with the Levert addition, uh, but it essentially it's just uh, the Darius Garland making everything happen. Um, before Rubio, Rubio got hurt, you know it wasn't necessarily the case. They had two dudes who were really making things happen, but you know the Cavs are just it's a shame because they're pretty much set to make the playoffs until. Uh, one injury after another, just derailed everything. And yeah, like you said, KD is going to, he's going to get 30. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie got 30 as well. Bruce Brown's been looking pretty good lately. Oh, yeah. Just looking at the I haven't watched any like Nets games per se lately. But just looking at looking at the box where you can see the impact he's having, you can you can tell he's initiating the offense. He's he's been having pretty high assist numbers. Um and he's been hitting his jumpers too. Mm-hmm. And if he can hit his jumpers, then that makes that next team a lot better. Because their starting five is pretty solid. Like Kyrie, Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, Kevin Durant, Drummond. Drummond's been pretty good there. Hell yeah. He's looking like uh he's looking like a starting caliber center again after a couple years of um <laughs> scrubbing it up. He's looking like a starting caliber center. And like you said, no Jared, if Jared Allen don't play, Drummond's who's gonna guard him? Uh Mobley, with, Mobley's a very good defender. But then that takes off. Now leaves someone to, like, not guard Durant. And even, if, even like you said, even if Moby was guarding Durant, he'd score a 30 anyway. But Moby at least they can work for a little bit. But there's no one else on the Cavs roster who has a, a, a chance at even stopping him. So, yeah, I just don't really see any any hope for the Cavs to win this game, aside from uh, Durant or Kyrie happen to have an off night from the Cavs because uh, their team defense is solid. So... If they can force off night from one of the star players of Brooklyn, they can they can win the game. But I just I just don't see it.
0: And I'll say this too: Mobley, although Evan Mobley is a great defender, he's too small for Drummond. Like Drummond, Andre Drummond is good for about 15 boards if he guards him, and he's good for some he's good for some putbacks. Brooklyn's bench has looked better because they don't have to allocate all of their talent to the starting five now. Like Patty Mills is great. Uh, Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards, I don't like him that much off the bench, but I mean, he fits with one of the, you know, as long as one of the stars is on the floor, uh, as long as Kyrie plays like himself. And as you said, Bruce Brown, watching watching it up close and personal, you know, I, you know FYI, again, I was in Brooklyn the other night watching the Nets and Cavaliers live from the Barclays, so that was I got some additional insight watching Bruce Brown. It it looks like they trust him a lot more on the offensive end more than ever, and it looks like he has a place now, which is mm-hmm. which is huge because Bruce Brown before kind of looked like a liability offensively, where it's like now, you know he's 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 attacking the rim more. He's passing like he's passing the ball. They're running sets through him. And it's 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 making the offense a lot better. Yeah. You can, you can see the impact that he has just doing that. And the thing is, like, if and and I was saying this in my head when I was watching it, like, just imagine when Ben Simmons is doing this. Like, they're kind of, I guess they're kind of simulating the Ben Simmons role and like simulating what Harton was doing. Through Bruce Brown right now, mm-hmm. uh, but when Ben Simmons comes back, he's going to be doing that and then some. So that that's that's going to be incredible to watch. But uh, I, I love what he's doing. He's been he's like a Swiss Army knife because he plays great defense and he's been good on offense. Uh, that update was interesting. I'll get into that update in a few. Actually,
1: <laughs>
0: is it. Uh... Rhyme with uh, Schmakers. It does. It rhymes with Schmakers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Uh, the, Dude. The, the elephant in the season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, just real quick on your Bruce Brown point. I guess you want to pigeonhole what they're doing with him now. Mm-hmm. It's like now playing a Draymond Green type of role. Like I said, pitching, and gets, you know, he's doing not, he's not doing the same exact things, of course, but yeah. And then, like, it's interesting because back when he was playing for the lowly Detroit Pistons, he was running point guard for a long period of time. So it's not like this is new to him or initiating the offense isn't new to him, I should say. Yeah, it's just, not, it's just interesting seeing Steve, seeing Steve Nash do something creative on offense because um, I don't know, just, it's just hard to judge him as an offensive coach just because what he has had given, you know, at the start was three godly score, three godly creator scores, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. And then, you know, even though, even though Harden's gone, he still is, has Kevin Durant and Kyrie who can core are offenses unto themselves. Uh-huh. So it's just nice to see him uh, do something, you know, it's nice to see him like making like a real coach move like that. You can tell like, you can now see his imprint for real, for real. Like that wasn't just some, some yeah. Like oh yeah, some that's not just some that just falls into place, right? So that gives me a little bit of courage and, uh, and belief in him because he seems very middle of the pack in these last two years as a coach overall.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent.
1: And I guess I'll wrap. I'll wrap it up
0: with this. Like I think that. Like I wanna, I, want I guess I want to harp back in on a point that you made about the Cavaliers offensively. Uh when, when Darius Garland is not on the floor or not balling, uh they real they're really dependent on like Karis Levert and threes. Like, if they're not hitting their shots, they are very susceptible to give up runs. And I don't think that they're a team built to come back from big leagues. Mm-mm. I really don't think so. They haven't, they've been that's been their problem because the thing is, they built their team through defense and it's worked. And you know, obviously, adding Karis Lavert helped them out a lot and it was a big move. But I think that it, I think that they, they, they can you, they can you know, stand to use more offense and uh, yeah. Uh so it, it looks like we have the Hornets being sent home by the Hawks and we have the Hawks and, and Cavs playing for that A spot. And what, what do you what do you think would take place in that game? And that that one would be in Cleveland.
1: Cavs and Hawks? Yeah. I'm going to the Cavs. The defense is too solid. Cause like The Hawks, they have to have Trey Young, of course, but everyone else is going to get locked up. And like I said, again, the Cavs or the Hawks being on the road have been bad all year, and they're going to be on the road. So trends, these trends aren't going to suddenly buck in this play-in tournament. These trends can persist throughout the year. We see it all the time. And, yeah, I just just feel like the Cavs are going to win that game. Uh, <laughs> this man's face. Mm-hmm. We got thoughts. I want you guys to your thoughts. I'm done. I'll, I'll stop talking. I'm not gonna say much at this point.
0: Oh man, I'm be honest with you. I'm I'm picking Atlanta. I think Atlanta. Mm-hmm. At one game for one game. I it'll definitely be Trey Young. It'll be the Trey Young versus Darius Garland show. But. I feel like Atlanta has enough firepower to offset anything that Cleveland can do and in a one game. And it's, it's not like it's a series where the better team. And it's like, for real, for real, when you look at it, like, at, least, at the very least, record wise, only a game separates them. So it's not like much. Right. It's not like much is, you know, there's much difference. But I will say this. The Hawks offense is definitely better. Than the Cavaliers, like very significantly. And I mean, obviously, it is you could you could probably ar- argue that on both sides because the Hawks defense is, is a lot worse than at least in thought, because technically, if you look at defensive rating, the the Cavaliers are only one spot ahead of the Hawks. Like the the the, 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 the Cavaliers defensive their, their defensive rating is tied for I want to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I might be lying to you, actually. I might be lying. Nope, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'll take that back. The Hawks' def- the Hawks' defensive rating is garbage. But I will say this, though. <laughs> um, I will say this. Even with that, I don't really care about that. I think that the Atlanta Hawks have enough firepower in a one-game situation with playoff experience to go into Cleveland and send Cleveland home. They have uh I think that JB Bickerstaff, I don't like uh like I don't think JB Bickerstaff is like gonna like super you know, you know, out coach
1: uh who's Lloyd uh, Pierce, right? Lloyd Pierce in yeah. Atlanta. Uh no, 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 it's, it's um it's on um, McMillan now. Nate McMillan. Oh,
0: Nick McMillan, I'm, I'm tripping. Right, 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 right. right,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, they fired Lloyd. They fired Lloyd Pierce, Pierce, and Nate McMillan
0: did a great job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they'll probably cancel each other out. So I don't see them. I don't see that that being too much of a different, you know, difference. And yeah, I just think in a one-game matchup, do or die. I think Trey Young again will outplay another young gun. Uh, in in um, in Darius Garland. I think I think that. You know the the Cleveland Cavaliers run has been fun. It's been they've been great to watch, and they have a lot of potential. But I think that the Atlanta Hawks will take that AC
1: and get in the playoffs. Hmm. I don't know. I guess my only counter to that is like, generally, a great defense is more consistent. Will consistently stay great. Versus a a great offense, especially when that team because like, yes, the Cavs offense is middling at best, but the Hawks defense is poop shit. And if you're playing against a shit defense, you can have you you are you are in a position to have a great offensive game. If you're playing a great defense, that defense will probably probably be great and it will it will limit your ability to have this great offense that you have. Especially with the Hawks, their they're great offense is simply just off the strength of Trey Young. It's not like everyone else is like a amazing offensive player. They can hit their shots, but the Cavs can guard a three point shot, can guard the three point line well, which is something they've done well for, for most of the year. It's, you know, they're, again, their injuries have kind of been messing things up. And I think that's the problem. The Cavs are a better team this year. They just got a lot of, they've got some key injuries late in the season. Like, uh, Allen, like, we know, Allen's still out. Moby was down for a bit, and he's come back. But that basically is their whole – their their. that's basically the heart of their scheme, you know what I mean? And, yes, Allen may or may not play yet. We're not sure. But I just think the Cavs, being an okay offense, will be able to thrive against a bad Atlanta defense. Yes, Garland and Trey are not going to beat up on each other. But I think the Cavs others will play their do their part and limit the Hawks others from making shots, ultimately. And again, that that away that road record is bad. Uh, if you want to point out records,
0: I also would like to point this out to you too. I think that this is an interesting and key statistic as well when we look at this matchup. Um, you got to think about you got to think about when they've uh, you got to think about how they've been performing lately as well. The Mm -hmm. Atlanta Hawks. And I mean, you you know, obviously injuries. Right. But also the Atlanta Hawks are 15 and nine since the All-Star break and the Cavaliers are nine and 15 since the All-Star break. So you got to think about who is peaking at the right time.
1: That is a very good point.
0: So that's so that would suggest to me that the Hawks are better than their record suggests as well, because they, they struggled in the first half of the season with injuries and things of that nature. I mean you know it's still struggling with injuries with John Collins being down, but they they've they've weathered the storm again and
1: they've picked it up at the right time. You're not wrong. So I mean I do think it'll be a good I think it'll be a good game. Like I don't think the Cavs are gonna win handedly. I think the yeah. Cavs will win by like the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just I just don't think they're they're done yet. Personally, definitely mm-hmm. they'll, like they'll get to the first round and then get get a shit on, which we'll get to in the later episodes. But or I guess I we have, might it depends on what happens.
0: I ask you a quick question, since just just off off the strength of that, I guess as a, as a quick bonus before we transition into the West. If I'm the if I am the Miami Heat because I'm the number one seed, the what the Eastern Conference comes through me. Mm-hmm. Who would I rather play? In the first round, the cleveland the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Atlanta Hawks in a seven game series. If you're the Heat, if I'm the Heat, who do I want? Who
1: who would I prefer to see? I'd rather see the Cavs because I, as the Heat team, my defense is elite, and I can. Uh, I know I will stop the Cavs. The Cavs don't have like a. Darius Garland isn't a great, amazing offensive player, but he's not Trey Young. There, the Cavs don't have someone who can just destroy their whole their whole defense. So that's my answer. I, if I'm the Heat, I want the Cavs.
0: Yeah, I, I'd also want the Cavs.
1: <laughs> yeah, also just again like the experience, the experience thing. Like people, experience can be an overrated aspect in a lot of ways, but nonetheless, it does matter to a degree.
0: Now, if if I knew that, hmm, if I knew that Evan Mobley and 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 Josh Allen, uh. Not Josh Jared Allen, huh? Jared Allen. Jared Allen, not Josh Allen. I'm talking about football. Um, yeah. If if I knew Jared Allen and Evan Mobley would be healthy, I may look at it a little differently. Like, all right, they're gonna have all these big ass dudes like Lowry Marking, which I still, I'm still kind of iffy on Lowry Marking playing small forward. But um, he had just, a good year, though. He had a good year, but I, I just it's just weird to me. But because right. he's he's so unathletic, but. Uh, That's 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 just me. Um, He I would I would say if I if I know the if I knew that they had their front court, I probably would pick Atlanta because I feel like the glass would be tough for me. You know, if I'm Miami, because Miami is an undersized team, although they are great defensively, they are undersized. And I feel like the glass for seven games would be very harsh. It would be a harsh world down there for me. But I would have to agree with you because I don't know how healthy the – because Evan Mobley is still coming off of injury himself. Like, he's he's still getting himself together. Uh, So to have to – like, to know that, like, the main piece that I'm going to have to deal with is Darius Garland versus Trey Young. I'm taking Trey Young. I'm I'm taking Darius Garland all day, as good as he is. Like, he's a great basketball player. But Trey Young is ridiculous. and. I think that not only the fact that you know the Hawks are a good team and everything else um again I feel like he would take that approach that he took versus New York of like like really wanting to shut down the whole crowd and shut down the building he going to take he would take that mm-hmm. into a series against Miami and he would try to go into Miami and show and, you know show
1: out All right so yeah he has the he has the ability to flip the series on his own. Mm-hmm. I still think that the, the Heat will win, but- oh yeah, hell yeah. Fer Young, Young has the ability to win a couple of games just off the strength of himself. Right, like,
0: yeah, mm-hmm, yep, okay. We'll, well, the Eastern Conference is set to go. That'll be interesting. I'm excited to watch those games. And then let's talk a little bit about the Western Conference. Uh so again we have the New Orleans Pelicans hosting the San Antonio Spurs. What do
1: you think about that? Hmm, that was interesting. I'm not sure if I'm not sure right now if uh the Murray is going to play. He's been out for the last few games and I don't know, they haven't said whether or not he's going to play yet. I guess I imagine he'll he'll do it, everything his power to get on the court. So I expect him to play, but if he doesn't, I'm easily going New Orleans. If he does, I still might go New Orleans just because they've been, it's kind of like you were saying with the Hawks, the The Pelicans have been a lot better as of late. Um, you know, they have CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and uh, Valanciunas has always been underrated for the last few years, but Valanciunas would give uh, that, that first team some problems. I just think, yeah, just basically, it just comes down to me that New Orleans has a bit more high, higher, higher end talent. Really, mm-hmm. uh, they have Herb Jones, who's a great defender, Brandon Ingram, who who can be who can be pretty good when he wants to be. I think he'll be pretty motivated to be locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just think New Orleans. I just think New Orleans is just a better team overall. Really, mm-hmm. San Antonio kind of walked into the joint. Because the Lakers uh just stunk it up so bad.
0: Oh God. Oh my goodness.
1: Like yeah. the Lakers were losing to the Pelicans so much that the Spurs kind of just got the spot. <laughs> and it was like, what the? F- it was just so funny watching. Like, how do you let the Pelicans beat you like two times in five days? That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they're, actually, they're actually trash. You know the Spurs are there. They got the Popovich system that cannot be uh slept on. But you know this, just...
0: it can be slept on
1: with this talent. <laughs> Some of those dudes just aren't as good as uh, they seem. Yeah,
0: with this talent, dude. Uh, I I guess I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty easy for me. It's New Orleans. I think that the team. At first, they were looking like they were going to be a top-five a top five team picking again, but then they flipped the switch probably towards the All-Star break, and then they really started to peak after the All-Star break. And they look really good up and down as a total roster, uh, and they look like a team that, if they had Zion Williamson, they would really be something, right? Uh, and I mean, record-wise, when you look at the when you look at their post All-Star break, you know, records, the Pels are thirteen and ten, and the Spurs are eleven and twelve. So not really much of a difference about how they've been playing lately. They both kind of just got in just because the Lakers were so garbage and the rest of the conference was so bad. Uh, but I mean, overall, again, the Pelicans, as you said, have much more top-end talent. And I mean, coach-wise, I mean, Pop obviously, my you know, obviously he's a better coach than Willie mm-hmm. Green is. And I mean, that's no, you know, that's no, that's no slight to Willie Green because I think he's done a, a really good job working with the players that he has. Especially considering that one of the most talented players in the league is never on the court with this team, Zion Williamson. Which, and also, by the way, I think that it's super stupid for him to even think about playing basketball at this point. I think that he needs to just Sorry. shut it down. You've missed the whole season, like the entire season, and they're talking about you playing in a playing game. I'm, it blows my mind.
1: Pelican's been lying all year, bro. He's just, just just say he's not playing and just stop. Like, yeah, bro. Like Worst case scenario, honestly, just
0: trade him. Mhm, think so. I wouldn't want like I wouldn't want to but like he do like he's I don't know what it is like because it almost seemed like he don't want to play. Like I don't I don't know I don't know what's going on. That dude hasn't been healthy I don't know like because they could, win. they could actually really make some noise if they had another really good player. Like if they had a player of his caliber, they could really make some serious noise. Like, yeah, you know, if you look one through five, like with C.J. McCollum, Nikhil Alexander-, Alexander Walker, Herbert Jones, as you said, who has really, you know, become a star at least defensively or a, 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 a shining light defensively. Brandon Ingram, they have a squad. It is just, they need like the Zion is that hole because Man. Zion would provide defense. He would provide a number one, a potential number one scoring option. He would provide rebounding. Uh, he could facilitate and run the offense. He could do everything and be a star player. So it's just,
1: yeah, it, it's, it's weird. It is Uh, weird, but I don't know, bro. It's like you can't. They trade him for, like, at this point, so they'll get get another player of his caliber back. Let's get a bunch of like stuff, and they don't need stuff, they need him. He is what they need, so they just need to hope he is healthy one of these days. Because, I mean, like, imagine like with the Sixers, like, uh, like MB, he took him like three years to get on the court. If they traded him before the year three, then. You know? <laughs> Where would we be now? Mm-hmm. Is this is this the third year? Is this Zion's third year now? Who? Zion? It's his third year, right?
0: Uh, yes. 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 This is his third yes, season. yes, because yeah. the, first, the first year, uh the first year he missed most of the season and he came back and it was, you know, COVID. He, play, he played, like, one or two games in a the bubble. They missed the playoffs. Uh, last year, he was, he was like, absolutely balling, but he was never really healthy. And then mm-hmm. this year, he ain't seen the court. So, um, he'll probably be one of those uh, late
1: bloomer projects that turn out to be really good. All right. I just, I, New Orleans needs to get, like, their training staff right, honestly. Like, Anthony uh, Davis now him. Right. The two uh two power forwards who just cannot be healthy on your team.
0: Right. Like at a certain
1: point, you get to like wonder what's going on there. Yeah, that's ter- that's terrible. Uh, Weird, but um
0: yeah, I think we've sta- established a prediction there. Yeah. And then comes down to the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Clippers.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting because Paul George is back now. Yeah,
0: they're dead. The Clippers are getting healthy at the right time. I think Norman Powell's back, too.
1: Yeah, he just got back. Uh, I think he just got back last game. Right. I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday or Friday. And but they, Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I was going to say real quick. I guess I'll make my prediction. I think Minnesota's going to win it. I think they'll win the playing game. <sighs> it's hard, hmm. but I just feel like. <sighs> I feel they're just a better overall team. Their defense has been pretty solid all year. Uh with no Kawhi, they're better overall this year. I think so. But <laughs> good thing you good thing you. I just think their defense has been solid all year. They're they're locked in. I imagine, I just feel like they're just a better team right now. Uh, the Clippers, of course, well coached. They do their thing, but there's no answer for Cat. Uh, Anthony Edwards probably gonna do his thing. DeAndre Russell has been surprisingly competent on defense, and of course, he's holding it down on offense. Um, yeah, they just—I like they just—they just have enough uh, of—they're—they're good on both ends this year. For you know, for the first time in forever, I just think that's that's enough to be this current Clippers roster without without um, excuse me, without Kawhi Leonard.
0: I'm going with the Clippers. Uh, I respect it. I, I like the Clippers because number one. They have far more experience overall. I mean, the only player who you could really say has playoff experience on the Timberwolves roster is Patrick Beverly. And again, who's Patrick Beverly? He's, he's just, he's he's a rah-rah guy. He's not, he's not a, he's not a a scorer or creator of offense or anything that's impactful, at least offensively, like defensively, he's their leader and he's, he's helped them out a lot this year. And he's, he's, He's definitely implemented a, a lot of things defensively that have changed the culture of Temp- of the Minnesota basketball, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Anthony Edwards, Cat, and D'Angelo Russell is definitely formidable offensively. But this Clippers team is a team that basically hasn't had anybody all season. Like Norman Powell, when they got him, they really didn't have him. Uh, you know, they've had Rocco. And basically, they've just been playing with a bunch of different starting lineups and stuff, and just you know, they they're doing they they're doing what a like they're doing what a lot of teams couldn't do, like sustain with oh with with you know with the revolving door of a roster.
1: Yeah, staying afloat. A lot of teams couldn't yeah, do that.
0: A lot of teams could not do what they just did. Like Paul George, I want to say he's been missing since December. They 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 they, they oh, missing him for like 50 games, something like that. And they they remained the eighth seed by a couple games. So
1: I mean, I'm, to be to be fair, getting oh, yeah. the eighth was not difficult this year. You had to be bad to be a nine seed. That's
0: good. That's fair. That's fair. New Orleans
1: yeah. overall, New Orleans is bad. They're yeah, eight,
0: eight
1: games below 500. Yeah. Four games
0: over, yeah. I mean, but I mean, they started off the season terrible, though.
1: You gotta yeah, think about it.
0: they started off the season absolutely garbage, yeah, yeah. horrible. Start. Some people thought some people thought they was going to be a lottery team, and then they got healthy, they got healthier. Uh, and and, and then eventually they got CJ McCullum and really started to flip the switch. Mm-hmm. This, 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 this Clippers team didn't have. Like they were playing with Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Zubop, and some other and some other random cats, like just random dudes every night. But they 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 do something that few teams in the league do. And as they play, they play to their strengths offensively. I mean, and offensively, that was the biggest problem. They didn't have a they didn't really have a strength offensively yeah. with
1: it's... with
0: no Paul George and no nobody else. Offensively, they were just out there, just trying.
1: <laughs> like they're just running, literally, just running, running their scheme, and right. hoping it works. Right,
0: and defensively, they played consist. They were consistent enough to win games. So, I think with their experience, with Paul George being back, and with Norman Powell being back, I think that just overall with the experience, like you know, having guys like you know Nick Batum and uh, Morris and all the other guys that they have on the crew Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. I think that they're deep enough, I think that they have enough experience. They're gonna have the better coach,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now they have something that they've been missing all season, which is a closer offensive. Right. So,
1: Paul George, closer. <laughs> Yeah, uh i they trust have a, they have a highly skilled offensive player i would not call him i, trust,
0: he I trust hey last year he was balling like he was he was that dude like was he not was he not a
1: showstopper last year he was but i don't know if i would call him a closer balling. i have too many years of evidence to suggest he is not that well he's a guy he's who gets buckets
0: he's enough he's enough to get them a 7 seed i'll put it that way
1: yeah yeah against yeah. this
0: minnesota team
1: I I, I like him over
0: D. I like him over D. Low Cat and Anthony Edwards because I think that I think that schematically Ty Lue is going to do what he needs to do to figure them out, and then he's going he's going to move he's going to move his chess pieces to take the to take them out and do enough to hold them down to pin them down, and then have you know his guys do the rest from there offensively. So again. I fully trust the Clippers to win to win that game, even in Minnesota.
1: Okay, I feel that so we have a different difference of opinion there. But I think I think it's safe to say I have a feeling we agree that whoever loses that game is getting the eight seed. Like you think Minnesota is losing? Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't. At that point, I don't think it's hell. Yeah, it's even like worth. Disgusting
0: it's, I would, a, it's a close game though. I would it's close. I say, mm-hmm. say if it's Minnesota, I say if it's well either way, it's I, well. no no. I think the Clippers, I think the Clippers will walk will walk the, the, the Pelicans,
1: yeah. Right about I them, agree. But. I think it's I think that's just a bad, a better matchup versus for them versus Minnesota per se. Right. But also, like I think this was better. Stupid. just better.
0: Yeah, Minnesota is better. Minnesota is a better basketball team. So. Better.
1: Willie Green, like you said, he did he did a good job, but at first he was doing a not so good job because they didn't know what to do. He was yeah. lost, and he didn't have a roster for him. He really didn't have a roster for a for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just think Minnesota de- Minnesota will just uh, defensively they'll be they'll be um, too much for New Orleans.
0: I think offensively they'd be too much.
1: Yeah, yeah, just both ends. The same can be said for the Clippers. They're just the North just doesn't have enough there to keep up with those teams. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And I think the I think the wing defenders and the
0: perimeter defenders that the, the Clippers have, like they have a bevy of defend of perimeter yeah. defenders that would shut down anything that the Pelicans have to offer. Because I feel like Brandon Ingram would be in purgatory, and so would CJ McCollum to an extent.
1: Yeah, if they have, if they're able to spare a long a longer wing on him, yeah, it's, 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 he's he's probably gonna be uh, struggling because we have seen CJ struggle sometimes. Yeah, especially to put a long defender on him.
0: And I wonder what lineup. I wonder what lineup Ty Lue is gonna ultimately employ because I'm I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's gonna feature some form of PG, what uh, Reggie Jackson and Zubop, but then I wonder if he'll plug in Rocco, and Norman Powell along with them. Cause that's a formidable five in my, my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's a solid five. Like it's a great five in terms of a uh, bill and archetype and things of that nature. Right. Obviously it's lacking it just talent wise. I'm talking like against across the entire league you're just lacking some talent, mm-hmm. but you can execute a lot of great things with that kind of lineup.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, it's crazy, it's crazy to think because I feel like that team. Uh, and, and I guess we can talk about that. Uh, and I guess I can p- pose the same question that I just posed to you about the, the heat. If I'm Phoenix, who do I want to see? I don't I am I, I
1: personally clippers, huh? I'm Phoenix Clippers. I'm scared. I'm not scared, but they're the team I don't want to see because especially considering last year they took them to six. Right. And that's
0: what I'm right, right. Exactly. And also, as I said, like that lineup right there, like if they ran that that five, I think that or even a Marcus Morris, like that, that five matches up. That that five matches up perfectly with what the Suns have to offer. And I think that that, that series would be a lot closer than the other series would be.
1: Yeah, although I will say the Suns are just a little better this year than they were last year, I think. Also, but, yeah, again, that's a better lineup than what the Clippers had to offer last year. I just think it'll probably end up the same way, Suns and six. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, again, the Kawhi, if Kawhi comes back, of course, now we have, like, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. But
0: Kawhi came back. I'm not holding my breath on Kawhi coming back. Yeah, I don't think that... At this point, I just don't suspect that that will happen. I just... I really don't see it. I mean, if it did, I would love... I would would absolutely love for that. Just because... I mean, and he probably would play very limited minutes, but I still would love to see Kawhi Leonard back on the floor. Because, dear God, if Kawhi Leonard comes back, all bets are off, in my opinion. Even with him playing limited minutes. And I mean... Honestly, not even limited minutes. Because I feel like if they were, if they were bring like if they really were considering bringing him back, they a consider they a have already considered the fact that it would be playoff time, so he would need to be able to play extended minutes, and B, uh, Kawhi Leonard would know that he has to play more than just twenty minutes a game. Right. So I feel like he would probably play 30, 35 at least. But having Kawhi landed on the floor in general makes a team that went, they just went 42 and 40 without him and Paul George for basically most of the season. And Norman Powell barely played. So
1: yeah.
0: To have all those dudes, that causes for trouble for anybody, especially. I think next year, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that,
1: that'd be crazy. So I, yeah, it is a shame. This is, this was the one year where the Clippers needed to be healthy. Like, mm-hmm.
0: This
1: is, if they want to be healthy. Now Now's a great time. Last
0: year would have been great too. Cause I think I, I cause again, I think, I, I think I mentioned it in the very first episode of season two of game time, but I believe I I stated that I think the Clippers would have won last year, had it not been for Kawhi's injury. Yeah.
1: At least I know we've talked about it a couple of times. So you probably did say on, on the on the podcast at this yeah. point. Yeah,
0: I think that I think that me and you kind of had a little bit of a discrepancy there. But I think right. that I, I I I personally feel like Kawhi would have
1: would have been the the answer. Yes, I remember now. Our discrepancy was uh, them being the Bucks, which mm-hmm. I didn't agree with.
0: I think they, I think they would have beat the Bucks. Well, with a healthy, with a healthy Serge Ibaka and a healthy Kawhi, I think that was my, I think that was my ultimate conclusion. Green. I think they probably would have beat the Bucks, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. We covered the whole plan. Anything else you want to add before we move on? I don't think so. I'm excited. I think that it'll be fun, uh, and you know, we, we're going to have more rapid fire episodes because the playoffs are coming up. So
1: right. uh, be on the lookout. Right, I guess I'm gonna wrap it up then. All right, so uh, this is Game Time with Zach and John Mayer. I'm Zach Reich, hosted by John Muir Wilson. We'll be continuing, like Jameer said, producing uh, more episodes of Rapid Fire as the playoffs roll on. So just be on the lookout for that. But thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ. On Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast and on Facebook at GameTime with ZJ to stay up to date for their content. And don't forget to check out check out the podcast, of course, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff for everywhere. But yeah, can we talk more basketball on game time?